President Biden made a significant announcement last week. Hey everybody, sorry to keep you waiting, a lot going on. About new immigration measures. Today, my administration is taking several steps to stiffen enforcement for those who try to come without a legal right to stay. The approach he unveiled would expand entry to the U.S. for thousands of migrants. But at the same time, it would continue to rely upon a controversial Trump-era policy in order to block access for others. Chaos and confusion is part and parcel of immigration enforcement policy and the border. That's Arlise Hernandez. She covers immigration and the U.S. southern border for The Post. The Biden administration has been sort of towing this line in which they're trying to reverse the policies of of the Trump administration and trying to have more humanitarian welcoming uh, approach, but is using some of the same tools that the Trump administration put in place to try and limit the numbers of people who are coming across the border. I mean, his administration sort of coincided with overwhelmed Border Patrol agents, processing centers that are running out of room, border communities that are at the end of their wits in terms of being able to manage the large numbers of people. It's just those things are, are colliding. And this week, Biden is also talking about immigration with his counterparts at the North American Leaders Summit in Mexico City. We have a big agenda that ranges from the climate crisis to economic development and other issues. But one important part of that agenda is strengthening our border between our nations. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Elahe Izadi. It's Tuesday, January 10th. Today, our Elise talks us through what's happening at the border and what's behind Biden's political shift to the center on immigration. So before we dive into the details of what these proposed immigration restrictions and changes will mean and also the politics around that, can you give us an overview of what has been happening at the southern U.S.-Mexico border? Oh, my goodness. What hasn't been happening at the uh, Mm U.S.-Mexico border? I mean, people across the Americas are on the move. The Secretary of Homeland Security warned today, quote, we are on pace to encounter more individuals on the southwest border than we have in the last 20 years. And it's been this way for at least 18 months. Thousands of migrants are now coming not just from Central and South America, but Haiti and even Cuba, according to U.S. immigration officials. And we're seeing larger numbers from specific countries, largely driven by Cubans and Venezuelans uh, who, you know, come from socialist countries who are making the trip to specific points in Central America and then trekking all the way up to the U.S.-Mexico border in northern Mexico. But in recent months and years, uh, you've seen folks from other countries, including Colombia, uh, Peru. These are countries where they, you've seen sort of a shift in the national politics towards the left. Nicaragua, where it, Nicaragua is under a what many global observers would call a a dictatorship. And you also have small numbers, but still, you know, a large number of people from Africa, Cameroon and and Sierra Leone and other countries who are flying to Central America or going to Brazil and Chile, these countries that don't have strict visa restrictions and trekking all the way up to northern Mexico. 
So what does this latest action from President Biden do? Can you sort of walk us through what's going to happen? President Joe Biden announced new immigration restrictions that includes the expansion of programs that remove people who reach the border without letting them seek asylum. And the Biden administration is broadening their authority to allow legal entry to 30,000 migrants from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela through parole each month. These four countries account for most of the people now traveling into Mexico to try to start a new life by crossing the border into the United States of America on the southwest border. And for those people who would be seeking parole, they would need to have a U.S. financial sponsor. This could be, you know, a friend or family uh, to, to be able to be admitted to the country. We anticipate this action is going to substantially reduce the number of people attempting, attempting to cross our southwest border without going through a legal process. So what was the status quo regarding immigration restrictions once Biden came into office? When President Biden assumed office, there were a number of different restrictions in place. And then you had Title 42. Title 42 is a pandemic area public health immigration policy that gives the federal government the authority to quickly expel anyone who crosses the U.S.-Mexico border and does not give asylum seekers the opportunity to request or, or ask for asylum. So like expanding it, easing up some of these previous immigration restrictions. Right. He reversed some of these restrictions, but not all of them, Title 42 being sort of the the largest one. But the issue is, is that uh, advocates will tell you that Title 42 is essentially like a violation of migrants' rights. What has the administration said as to why this is the best approach at this point? The administration argues that the the numbers of people right now that are making the journey to the U.S.-Mexico border is, is just untenable at this point. The city of El Paso, Texas, is experiencing a major surge of border crossings. An average of over 2,400 migrants are now being apprehended daily by border authorities along the border near El Paso. Border communities that are receiving these migrants, places like El Paso, Del Rio, um, McAllen, Texas, and other places across the U.S.-Mexico border are just ill-equipped to manage these large numbers. If you saw El Paso, uh, either after Christmas or right before Christmas, had declared a state of emergency because they had thousands of migrants overwhelming the shelters in, in that city and were sleeping on the streets in sub-zero temperatures. Local shelters are beyond capacity, with many asylum seekers forced to sleep on the streets under freezing winter temperatures. So their argument here is that, you know, these border communities cannot absorb this. The numbers are way too high. We have to figure out a way to restrict, to deter folks, to discourage them by offering other pathways for them to, you know, make their asylum claims or to, um, you know, try to reunite with their families or whatever sort of legal immigration avenue they, they want to make. But we don't want people doing this at the U.S.-Mexico border. And what are the major criticisms of the Biden approach to, to immigration and migration at the border right now in this specific policy? Well, so organizations like the American Civil Liberties Union, which has led the legal fight against Title 42, says it's, it's a violation of human rights and law. Uh, federal law says that if an individual crosses the border, steps onto U.S. soil and makes a claim of fear, they are entitled to pursue asylum in country. 
the problem with any one of these proposals that have you've seen sort of change immigration policy back and forth uh, over the last you know four or five years is that essentially we've been pushing as a federal government has been pushing migrants back to either you know their countries of origin or into Mexico which isn't the safest place for many of these migrants and violating the principle that an international principle that says you know people who are seeking protection should not be place back in danger or in a situation where they might be persecuted. So this is a huge betrayal that advocates are feeling. I was just looking at Twitter the other uh, a couple hours ago and Caroline Joseph of the Haitian Bridge Alliance basically lamenting the action the Biden administration has taken and, you know, asking if this is a repeat of, you know, what life was like for you know, immigrants under the Trump administration. After the break, I talk with Aralise about the political forces behind Biden's policy shift. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Arlis, what did Biden say he would do on the campaign trail? What were his promises regarding immigration? Well, he he called it a more humanitarian approach, one that would respect the rights of you know international migrants, particularly those who are seeking uh, protection in the United States, and one that was far more welcoming than sort of the you know highly restrictive hardline immigration policies that the Trump administration advocated. Essentially, you know, zero was the best number for for the Trump administration in terms of people who uh, were crossing the border seeking asylum because their view was that many, if not all, of these claims were not legitimate. The Biden administration sort of said, no, we're going to you know, err on the side of like there are people who should be protected and we're going to try and make that process easier. It just every step of the way, the Biden administration has you know, either been hit by a lawsuit or they're facing these gigantic numbers and they're seeing these pressures on border communities. And the fact of the matter is, this is a very vulnerable issue for the Biden administration politically. So is it that the politics of it have become a lot more difficult for now President Biden to open up and loosen immigration restrictions way more than what he's done or that it's he's just not able to because of roadblocks he's been hitting? Is it just is it simply like the politics of it are too challenging? The politics of immigration and border enforcement are challenging. And I think the shift by the Biden administration to expand Title 42 after seeking, you know, to to see it end is very much an admission that they are vulnerable in 2024. This is a winning issue for the governors of Florida and Texas. There is growing outrage here at home over Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis claiming credit for sending two planes of migrants to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Over, you know, the past 
you know, six to eight months, we've seen plane loads, bus loads of migrants sent to, you know, more liberal cities such as New York City. We had some that went to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, a bus load was was dropped off by the, the vice president's mansion. This escalating tactic from Republican governors draws attention to what they say are President Biden's ineffective border policies. And so, you know, this is an issue that Republicans know the Biden administration is vulnerable. So they're going to keep hitting it and hitting it. And it, 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 it's winning for them with their constituencies and for a large number of people who are in these communities, who are seeing sort of the, the overlap of, you know, smuggling and, and car chases, human trafficking that's happening in some of these border communities and are really not happy about it. This is an issue where the Biden administration polls, you know, quite abysmally, and something needs to change. Tell me about what efforts the Biden administration has made legislatively through Congress or in the courts to loosen up immigration restrictions and what roadblocks have they hit? So in several instances, the Biden administration has sought to reverse policies that were instituted during the Trump administration and have faced, you know, lawsuits, particularly from places like Texas and Florida and other Republican-led legislatures and governors who has sought to block the Biden administration in, in sort of moving in the direction that they initially said they wanted to go. Immigration is the province of Congress. They're the ones who can make substantive changes. Executives have leeway with, you know, policy because these are federal agencies. But ultimately, what needs to change are the laws <laughs> that are on the books that govern these particular agencies. And that hasn't happened for decades, there have been many attempts, uh, some that were more promising than others. But now that Congress is more divided and Republicans have control of the House, the likelihood or the possibility that the Biden administration could get congressional action on immigration basically disappeared uh, with the, the election. I'm also wondering, because there is a labor shortage in the United States, are there any people who are pushing back on what the Biden administration is doing regarding immigration and essentially saying, wait, we actually need more workers. Like, we do need more people to come into the country right now. That is an argument that has been, I guess, invoked by some economists and some immigration advocates, not just now, but over the last two centuries of, of the United States. It's uh, more so used by smugglers who are advertising their services across mm. the continent. You know, this is something that I hear from migrants all the time. They know that the United States needs workers. They're hearing it from smugglers. They're hearing it from their relatives who've gotten into the United States or who have lived in the United States for a very long time. They're aware that these shortages exist and are seeking opportunity. So I know we've talked a bit about the political and legal elements of all of this, but I'm also wondering what will this mean for people at the U.S. southern border? Yeah, no, I as as someone who spends most of her time talking to, to migrants who are making this journey and who are camped out in, in Mexican border cities or who have, you know, made it to the U.S. side and are with NGOs, I'm wondering if we're going to see some of the same things we saw under the Trump administration, where you had essentially a humanitarian crisis that evolved and deepened as time went on because people didn't see an option, right? Opening pathways 
for people to come to the United States to make their claims if they are legitimate is the solution that's been proposed specifically by immigration advocates as well as, you know, some critics, because if you can do it in a different way, then then we prefer. The, the issue is that in the last three years that I've been doing this work, migrants are coming no matter what. So many changes of U.S. immigration policy has happened, and people are aware of it as they're traversing the continent, but it doesn't stop them because ultimately what they're seeking is what every generation of immigrants to the United States has sought before them. And what's somewhat ironic about what the Biden administration is pushing forth is Biden is the descendant of Irish immigrants that suffered famine and came to the United States. Vice President Kamala Harris is the daughter of immigrants. Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of the Department of Homeland Security, is the son of Cuban Jewish refugees. And so you have people who their family's history in the United States is written by, you know, the immigration laws of of the United States, who are essentially, in many ways, closing the door to people who are seeking some of the same kinds of opportunities. That said, We haven't talked that much about border security, which is a real concern to people who live in border communities. While there are thousands of people who are crossing the border who very well might have legitimate claims for asylum, there are hundreds, if not thousands of others who are sneaking in while, you know, Border Patrol is sort of distracted and processing people and and other issues like People who have been deported before, people who have been convicted of crimes in the United States or elsewhere are seeking to sneak past. And so what you have is an overtaxed border security apparatus right now. Yes, there are thousands of more Border Patrol agents and and enforcement officers than there were years ago, but it does leave some vulnerabilities. And so these are the questions I have of like how these policy changes will fit in with the other sort of parts of the immigration system that are breaking down or have broken down in this process. Immigration judges, Border Patrol agents, you know, there are so many elements to this that when you make one tweak in the system, it's bound to create issues in other parts of that system if it hasn't already completely collapsed. Our Elise Hernandez covers the U.S. southern border and immigration for The Post. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was produced by Eliza Dennis. It was mixed by Sean Carter and edited by Lucy Perkins. Thanks to Maria Sacchetti and Debbie Will Gorin. I'm Elahe Izadi. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen.